Welcome to Homegirl Nation. I'm your host, Bridget Trong. Today's guest is none other than Emily Hampshire. The Montreal native may have rose to new heights when Schitt's Creek became a household hit and name during the pandemic, but it was no overnight success for her. No, no, no. Like a lot of successful talents out there, Emily started the creative hustle young at 16 when she moved to Toronto to pursue her passion for acting. Now, since then, she's racked up over 90 acting credits to her name, which includes her latest, and fitting in. This film delves into the coming-of-age tale of 16-year-old Lindy, portrayed by Maddie Ziegler, as she grapples with the challenge of fitting in and finding her identity following a diagnosis of MRKH syndrome, a congenital disorder affecting the female reproductive system. It's a story that's based on writer and director Molly McGlynn's lived experience, with Emily taking the supportive role as Lindy's mother, Rita. The movie is hilarious, you guys, and it's raw. I really can't wait for you to see it. Let's meet Emily. Nice to meet you. I'm a massive fan, even more so when I learned that you listen to murder podcasts before you go to bed. Oh, yeah. And I have a theory about that because people are always like, that seems like crazy. But I, I know that if I won't get murdered during the night, if I'm listening to a murder podcast, the likelihood of me getting murdered is zero. So <laughs> wait, wait. So let me, the logic behind that is you mean if someone were to break into your home and, and murder me whilst I was listening to a murder podcast is a bit. That's true. I'm a huge fan of true crimes. When I found that out, I was like, yes, all the listeners out there who are naysayers about the genre. You can turn out just fine. Look at Emily and I. Yeah, alive. Alive. (laughs) Great start. Great start. Well, there's no real segue, I guess, from that (laughs) into fitting in. But here we go. Loved this film. I saw it during TIFF and I watched it again last night. And this is a real coming of age story. This is real stuff. Yeah, it is. Come on. And we're exploring something that many of us may not have ever heard of before. It's the MRKH syndrome, which we'll get into. But just watching yourself and Maddie on screen play mother and daughter, you can't fake chemistry, obviously. And well, you know, I don't have children of my own and I I never thought I wanted them unless I could just have Maddie in the form she is right now, just give birth to a Maddie and have that as my child i i just instantly felt protective of her and and i think a lot of people do if you watched her you know on dance mom and all all her childhood she's been on screen and she's such a good kid like that doesn't usually happen when you've been in the public eye since you were you know since you can remember and she just turned out so beautifully and i feel like i had a hand in that which i didn't but playing her mother i like started to think you know, she was my daughter. Uh, I mean, you you see that connection. You see a friendship. I assume there is a friendship there. But what is the getting to know one another process when maybe you've never met another actor before until you start working together well, we, and you yeah, get in a family? Yeah. And what Molly did, so, Molly, the director, did so well was she just had us both over together for dinner. And it was just this instant bonding it made it easier than, you know, meeting on set. And I don't, I think you're right though. You can't fake that kind of chemistry. And we instantly just felt mother and daughter like, but also in the way that 
that we would be in the film where those roles kind of reverse sometimes, where Maddie will be the more mature one and I'll be... Rita, my character, is definitely not always the best mother, but she tries. How much did you know about MRKH before reading the script and getting on board? And I knew nothing about it, yeah. which I think most people don't. And what is so great about this is it's not somebody telling the story of a medical condition that they don't know anything about. This is Molly's story. And she, what I really responded to in the script was that she tells it with such humor. Like there is, we call it coming of age traumedy. And it really is that in, in that there's this gallows humor in, in the telling of her story. And it really allows you, especially as an actor, to be able to go there and not feel scared that you might offend Molly or anyone who has this condition because it's also, it's her story. So she gets, Mm. you know, to own that. Yeah. And she shares it in such a way that I think really resonates with this young generation today, Gen Z. I have so much respect for Gen Z. I'm a millennial. And when I look at the Gen Z, I'm like, you guys are so open-minded. You know what I mean? You own your identity. You're okay with talking about sexual preferences freely. I'm like, we also, what I can't believe is like, you go on TikTok and if I'm from a generation where you bullied people and got bullied. And that was just how it was to be a teenager. And I'll go on TikTok. And if somebody makes one comment, shame somebody about their body or something, everyone jumps in and is like, don't do that. And, And you get shamed for shaming. It's very, it's just magical to me because I didn't grow up like that. And it's so wonderful to see. I know. It's like we we can learn a lot from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. But you, I mean, you started out a long time ago, too, in this industry. Have you Mm -hmm. seen a shift or an evolution in the scripts that you're reading or the stories that studios want to bring to life now that you're impressed by? Oh, wow. That is a great question. And I absolutely have. And the truth is, it's, it's stories by by people other than just white men. It really is the truth. And to see, you know, on this set, we had a female DP, a camera operator and director of photography. It was the first time I've ever worked with a female DP. And I couldn't believe that. And, you know, they call it a cameraman. It's always been known as a cameraman. And to, to have that paradigm shift where a, a woman can be the lead in a movie and, and her, she's not just the girlfriend and the people behind the scenes can, you know, you see females in jobs I've never seen before. It's amazing. And it's, it's kind of shocking that it is shocking to me. It's a little embarrassing now that like, I'm shocked by this. I love that people, Maddie's age, this isn't new for her. She's worked with two female directors back to back that have done amazing films and, and that's her normal. To me, I'm like, I'm inspired by them. And she's inspired too, but it's like a different thing when when I never thought that was possible. Yeah. Growth. I love growth. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm an EPK production, so I, I've seen kind of a shift myself on set. And it's it's so cool. And chatting with Molly at TIFF about this, she was say, saying that it was super important for her to have people on set who actually represented the inclusivity that she had in the film. So like speaking about intersex, I mean, the topic of intersex, that term alone, 10 years ago, we'd probably be like, what does that mean? 
But now we're like, okay, we're starting to understand it more. And then we can also cast the right people in that role who actually identify yeah. such, which is super cool. Yeah. And I remember the casting process for the smaller roles. I remember Molly kind of including me and Maddie in that. And it was so great to see discoveries of people you wouldn't otherwise have known about because, because we didn't cast people who were actually, who actually, you know, were intersex as an intersex role. And it, it's just so great to not only have them have that opportunity to be an actor, but also to like share with us their authentic story and not other people who don't know about it put put that on top of the story in a way that isn't authentic. It was just great. And watching the film, I mean, this is a self-discovery journey that Maddie's character, Lindy, is going through. And even though MRKH syndrome is kind of at the core of this journey, for us watching who can't relate, I like speaking for myself, there were so many moments that I found like that I found relatability in, you know, just simply, I don't know, trying to navigate teenage life, you know, not knowing how to express your wants and needs to a sexual partner, not knowing how to explore your body. Were you able to kind of tap into certain things in Maddie's life or just character? Like me? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt both of it because I've been through that phase, but also the phase of like, you know, this is a coming of age tromedy, but it's also for my character, for Rita, it's a coming of middle age tromedy in a way yeah. of like your, your daughter growing up and, and she's not able to have biological children and, and how that's actually affecting Rita more in a way. And, and how you grapple with not being selfish as a mother that the dreams you had and, and how to be there for your daughter. And it just, I feel like the relatability of this movie comes from Molly being really authentic about her personal story. I think when you're really specific about something, you make it universal. And and she was brave enough to do that. So I think it just touches everyone because of of that honesty. Absolutely. Emily, what were you like back in the day? What were you like as a teenager? Oh, I was... I... I, well, with my mother, definitely to the point where I had this thing called nothing face where I just would like look through my mother and, and have a really monotone voice and not give any emotional anything. And I left home really young. I left home at 16. And so when I started to have a relationship with her later, I realized I'm stuck in that time. I'm still talking in this monotone express nothing. So it's weird. I feel like teenagehood is such a special magical place that when you go home as an adult, you get sucked back into it no matter what. So Uh, true. It was also a different generation. I did not speak to my mother about female things and which was actually hard for me in this movie when, when I got the script, I was like, I have to be a good mother in that way to be open and talking to my daughter about these things that I feel very uncomfortable talking about. So it was gross for me in, in a weird way. Was fitting in always a priority for you back in the day or? No, you know, it's weird. I was thinking of this because what was really important to me was being unique. I just remember, especially in clothes and stuff like that, where 
where I'll see people trying to have the same thing that people are wearing. I would make my own clothes and be like, I would want to be different. And ha- nobody had what I, the, the specific thing that I had and stand out in some way, which I find weird now because obviously I wanted to fit in with friends, but there was something that I wanted to have be original all the time. And I wonder if that comes from my, my mother, you know, came from Italy and she would make clothes and we'd always make, if I wanted something, we would, you would have to make it. And in that you get an originality that is uniquely yours. It is handmade by you. And that kind of creative process puts your stamp on something in a way that, you know, it could, I could fit in with the crowd, but this is special. So I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, that's an amazing story, but Emily, like not knowing you personally from the outside, from interviews and what you've done, we can tell that individuality is deeply embedded into your values. And so keep it up because it inspires us to be who we are instead of blending in with everyone else. Thank you. I feel like Lindy does that in the movie for people that when she finally owns who she is and just speaks authentically, it allows other people to do it. And it's really a, a magical thing. Fitting In hits theaters on February 2nd. Thank you so much for dropping by for this homegirl discussion. You know the door is always open. 